Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us, and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Welcome to the third episode of Series 2 of an Inside View podcast. I'm delighted to announce that the Shire Bar and Cafe in Killarney has come on as sponsor of an Inside View podcast. Big shout out and a big thank you to Oli Favre for supporting us. We really, really do appreciate it. And a special thank you as well to Vintry Harbour Asset Management for the continued support. It's now time to bring on this week's guest. I'm delighted to be joined by undefeated Irish MMA prospect John Mitchell. The Corkman was very successful in Rowan and represented the country in the World Championships. He transitioned into MMA in his late teens and became the British and Irish number one amateur in his weight class. He now fights out of MMA Cork and MTK Strong Gym in Dubai. There is no doubt we have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring him on. Hi John, um, first of all, thanks for taking time out to come on the Inside View podcast. We're, we're trying to organise this for a long time. Um, how's life? How, how are things going? Yeah, it's all, it's all good, bud, and happy to finally be here, man. This is a long time in the making, so... Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So, how's, uh, first of all, look, I suppose, how's life over in Dubai? It's great. it's great, it's great, like I'm just off the back of my fight two weeks ago, so um, now I'm just settling back into things again, I've put myself fully into camp, just getting ready for the next one now, so it's good, the weather's better now, it's not 50 degrees anymore, so no complaints. It's gas, you know, from the outside looking in, you're like, why are people over Dubai giving all about the weather, but if you land over here in August, you understand how bad it is, uh, yeah, the yeah. weather can get very, when I say bad, it's obviously great for Irish people, but too hot it's oh too it's hot. crazy man but if, if you're stuck in the pissing rain back home in Ireland performance you'd be delighted with the heat like yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> you would yeah you would you would um, look I, I from listening to your previous interviews you know you're definitely an extremely pro Cork man um, obviously a pro Irish man but what makes it so special and why you know you very much wear your heart on the sleeve which I admire compared to people other people from urban settings in Ireland, um, what makes what makes your upbringing, you know, connect to the Cork people that much? It's just all, all my like experience in life I've formed through Cork, you know what I mean? I, I met my MMA coach, Aaron McGuire in Cork, all, all my best friends from Cork. So I went to school in Cork, I went to college in Cork, like uh, that's really what introduced me to the sport and I'm so happy to live this life for now, you know, so extremely and obviously my, my family are all in Cork as well like Yeah, you <laughs> I I I know you went to you you know went to college in Cork. You did a bit in Dublin, but I believe you're also in Limerick for a while. Um, I had a, a friend of yours on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, Owen Sheehan. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez, I'd say stories about me. Yeah, well, I kept it kept it PC, you know, but uh, <laughs> was Um, look, one thing that really stood out on me, obviously, you know, you're ripping it up in the MMA world. But before we get to that, um. You were kind of a late bloomer as such into mixed martial arts, but we'll date it back another bit. You don't come from a mixed martial arts background. Do you want to give us an insight into the early days of, of John? Yeah, so I initially all I wanted to do when I was growing up was box. You know what I mean? So like 
and it kind of ties into the story of how I ended up in Dubai as well. Like, like when I was, so when I was 12, I was actually boxing and when I was 11, I was boxing with this coach named Hisham and he's actually out here now. But my mom never wanted me to do it because she was afraid I'd break my nose like, and I only broke it seven times since. So like, you know, but then after that, I had a mad amount of energy growing up as a kid. You know what I mean? So um, rowing was just this sport my mom heard about that she knew if I went down, I'd just I'd use up my energy every day, every day. And what's so good about rowing, it's like, uh, it's such an intense sport, like you're training 12 times a week, even from your kids. So yeah, as soon as I did it, I fell in love with it. And some of my best friends in that sport are still friends with me now. Um, so then they're still my best friends. So I just got really into that for, until from like uh, 13 to 18. And I went to like the world championships, the Europe championships, I won the Irish team. I was winning everything around me. And like, I actually think uh, that was the best thing to set me up far going at the MMA. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds ridiculous to say, but like, you know, like uh, I got to a real high level in rowing. And now I'm getting to a very high level in MMA and I've had a lot of success. And the way I approach it is the exact same. I still train 12 times a week. I know how to work hard, so it just translates into this sport now as well. Do you think your body was extremely prepared? Like, was it a hard transition? Because in rowing, did you find yourself a bit stiff and all that? Going into MMA then, when you have to be extremely loose? Uh, yeah, I could be. Some, some, I criticize what I heard of myself some of my coaches, so I can be a bit stiff sometimes. Like, But one thing is like, I've really good cardio. If you look at my fights, I put a big pace on everyone I go forward, and I feel strong compared to all these other like bits I've, I've nearly ever fought, like you know, bar, bar one or two exceptions that I've trained with. Like so, uh, I think Matt, ultimately it, w- it was a big help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I just you know you see a lot of the, obviously the Donovan brothers. Um, I believe you did you roll with them? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to the European Championships the same year Paul was going to the World Championships, and he was tra- training at the same camp I was. So I. Oh, Paul's camp, Paul O'Donovan's, or sorry, dad was my coach, Teddy. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 it's a small world. Jeez, like. and like, you know what, it's amazing that, like, why didn't you pursue Rowan? Like, what was the, when did the, the day come that you made the, the decision to park it and go into mixed martial arts? So I think one thing I was always good about myself, I was always good at being realistic about what I could do. So when I came home from the World Championships, I didn't feel like I'd done that well, and I was getting to that turning point now where I was 18, and I knew I'd either pursue a completely new sport to get to an elite level, because I only wanted to do sports mm-hmm. to be the best and be at the elite level, or I knew I could really double down on this and then um, try to go for the Olympics and push for that and like try to live that life. But uh, I always wanted to fight. Even growing up, I love fighting. Like you know, when she was telling me when I was in college, it works. Like so, you know, I it's something I always wanted to do. So I just I just knew I'd regret it if I didn't try it. So. Almost as soon as I stopped uh, rowing, I started training the same amount just in fighting gym. So I seemed absolutely mad going into it, you know. And did you like? Did you kind of follow the love of rowing for a period of time, and then like that, which allowed you to think about what you wanted to do, or what? Did you, was it just a, a straight transition? Like, what was that period like? It was always there. Like even when I was rowing, I always loved fighting. I had such an interest in fighting, and like when I was rowing, what I was known for a lot of times, I just had a big heart. So you know, even if I was losing. I just absolutely give it some and I used to win a lot of my races that way. And during fighting, same thing, I'm just always game, always coming at you, you know. So uh, it, it was such a smooth transition because I, I was actually only waiting for the moment I decided to do it, you know. And as well, I have such a obsessive personality. Like, so with rowing, like, you have to be fully immersed in the sport and obsessed because you do it 12 times a week, you have to live and breathe it. Fighting, you're going to get not, you're gonna get hurt bad unless you're the same way. So they actually, uh, although completely different, in my eyes, they were quite similar. Even, for example, like, you know, I've, if, I don't know if during my last fight if you saw my walkout yeah. I was super relaxed and I think that's I'm, su- I'm always relaxed when I'm fight because uh, that in, like pre-competition anxiety is the exact same thing I've been doing since I was 12 so I'm so used to it like so especially at an elite level 
you know, and being in those training yeah. camps, which you know was a great experience for you. For sure, like I, I felt worse sitting, like more nervous sitting in front of my friends and family about to start a race at sixteen than I have for a lot of fights, you know. So it's now now I don't feel too bad about it. And that you know, I, I kind of wanted to delve into soon, but let's let's explore it now. Um, your pre-match ritual routine, you know, obviously I suppose developed as time went on. Um, without giving too much away, what do you normally do? Honestly, not much different at all. Like uh, one one thing I love to do is I'm a competitor, and like if you met probably people talking, probably half mad as well. Like so, you know, I just really enjoy fighting. You hear people talking about that they don't, but I truly do. And like say like I'm a late bloomer, like but I've forty one fights now, so I'm Ooh. I'm actually so used to it. You know what I mean? I'm so used to it. So like, Jeez. and as well o- o- over here the training is like amazing. But one thing is like I'm under pressure every week with the guy I trains with. So like. With Manier Disease or Bruno Caver, with all these guys, we train with some Kyrgyzstani lads that have big records and they're killers. So, like, every Tuesday, we call it Doghouse Day. And, like, man, like, you're going to be more nervous to spar any of those boys than you're going to be for any fight. Like, so, like, when, even though that last kid was six and one compared to who I meet on Tuesday morning, day off, man. You know what I mean? Like, so I just uh, just do what I do in training because it's the same thing, like, just trying to burst them, aren't you? Creating that environment, like, literally, that, yeah. And my environment training is worse. <laughs> Jeez, and yeah. it's, you know, I'd imagine that your self-talk um, and all that is, is extremely positive, yeah. but look, we're all human, how do you deal with the bad days? Um, just, like, the way I do it is um, I, I try not to think too forward into the future about it either. You know how I mean? do you do that coming up the fights? Because naturally the human mind would be thinking about, you know, the opponent and going into cage, etc. How do you remove yourself from that yeah and it, it, it's a really good question like and um, that, that's such a thing that I think fighting so good for giving you a stronger mind for this stuff because like sometimes you can get into this negative thought of like rambling and rambling in your head and you can build your opponent up to be a monster like but you know like worrying's like ho- holding an umbrella waiting for it to rain isn't it like, like <laughs> especially here <laughs> but yeah, yeah yeah and no amount of um, worrying about your opponent's going to make a difference for what's going to happen so like one of my like main training partners back home Paul Buckley was over and he was asking me the same thing and I said like you actually can't think too much about what's going to happen in the fight because like you can't think he's going to throw a right and I'm going to slip and throw my right so what if he throws a left so like yeah. all you can do is just keep bringing yourself back to the present and just like what I always notice from my success is if I make the mo- exactly what I'm doing every day as good as I can it always takes care of the next step and would you naturally look at would you use a bit of visualisation as well at times that you know you'd find yourself in certain positions in the fight because I, I can only imagine what it's like to you know go into a cage and that door closes yeah it must be must be frightening and must be amazing at the same time it, and, and like like I said the more you do it the more normal it gets you know what I mean like initially it's the most unnatural thing in the world but after 41 times I can't stre- well 19 MMA fights you know what I mean so I can't stress how natural it gets and then in terms of visualisation yeah all the time like but I try always to just do it in a positive sense yeah. and if my mind starts going into a more negative sense I just like break that thought pattern and just think about something else you know what I mean so for example like and as well um, say like I said on those Tuesdays I've been in situations where I'm on my back I've been in situations where I'm on top I've been in situations where I'm dominating the fight and I've been in situations where I'm being put mad pressure on so I just trust in my training then you know what I mean so and you, we'll delve into that soon, actually. But um, before before I go into, you know, explore more about that, um, your fighting over here and what's what's for the future, um, you know, living here in Dubai, you won't be long forgetting about COVID. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, they're quite strict wearing masks and all that. Um, but compared to Ireland, it's, it's quite bad now in Ireland. Um, how did Corkman end up over here in Dubai? So 
it was uh, I finished my masters and stuff like that, and um, you know I always felt like uh, I was going to move away. I just always felt like it was something I was going to do, and um, I was pe- like coaching guys in MMA gym and in McCork, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my friends moved out to Abu Dhabi, and uh, then lockdown was happening and everything. There was nothing really happening here, and um, he sent me this uh, gym. Uh, they, they were training there, saying they were doing tryouts, and you know, I just applied to him just through Instagram, just to message him. So I was just bored at home one day, like, and he got back to me. And then when Ireland locking down and everything, I was really thinking about going because he told me to come over. And um, I was supposed to have this good fight in cage wires, but I got injured before the fight, and I was only sitting at home looking at myself, and I was like, sick and I wasn't fighting, and everything was locking down again, so I just made the decision to go over. I, and when you came to Abu Dhabi initially, you had to stay in Dubai for two weeks, and then you go into Abu Dhabi, and I met Hisham, that I said earlier was my first ever boxing coach, mm-hmm. and then he introduced me to all the gyms here. Right. And I, I just like got on really well and just decided that if I want to make a, a big, big push of it, which I want to do, then this was the place for me. Brilliant, mm. brilliant. That's uh, that's amazing, I suppose, especially with the, you know, with the rain and all that in Ireland, it was an easy enough de- decision. Um, yeah. Again, what I found amazing is that, like a lot of probably MMA fighters, and look, I could be completely wrong now, stereotyping them, um, you actually have a master's degree. Yeah. Um, at such a young age, you know, a lot of guys might do even professional athletes might do after their career, or even during their career. But you've done beforehand. Was that always a requirement for you? Or is that just the way it happened? Well, you know, like my my sisters are doctors, like you know, so <laughs> yeah, my, family, my family's quite academic, like so. Obviously, since I was young, my mom and, and like I can see why he was like, oh, you can't just be a professional fighter, like you need to go to college and stuff like that. So I knew that, like, when I was in college, I could like um. You kind of keep her happy while I was working towards this. But when I started college, when I said to myself, I was like, if by the time I finished college, because I don't want to be bad to my parents either for sorting me with school and everything, like so I said, if by the time I finish college, I'm not a professional fighter on a, on a big show, then uh, then I'll, I'll walk away from it because then you know, it's not being realistic. like, And that's really important. And when I graduated, the week later, I fought main card cage wars, pro debut. Oh. So yeah. So bring, bring it back to that, because I, I did a master's as well, like, so I know the time dedication that goes into it. How do you balance both? It's just, just be tough, because I, I had uh, two good fights that year, like, you know, I won both of them, like, but just had to, like I was doing my thesis, getting ready for my second fight in cage wars. But just have to, uh, just have, have to do it, man, no one's going to do it for me. You know, so. you know because I think it's important for people to, you know, gain insight into, into yeah, definitely that, I totally agree, but, you know, that moment that, you know, if you're inside in bed, how do you get yourself up? That if you don't, if you don't get up at a certain time, the whole day is going to be, you yeah. know, messed up. I just think it's important to get kind of get uh, an insight into that. And and this is why, like, you know, I was saying one thing that I love being from Cork because you know, from Cork, we don't maybe get as big a push as the other people. So it's up to you if you want to do it. Like, like that was the best thing about rowing. I had like some really good mentors as my coaches then, and they were saying like, it's up to you if you want to. Uh, you don't have to do anything you don't want to, but you just won't be any good. So like, like I I've made a few Instagrams about it, like saying, John, it's up to me to sink or swim. Like, so when I was doing my masters, I was like. I can feel sorry for myself and not pass this Masters lose my fight or I can just get up not complain about myself do the Masters do my thesis and win the fight you know so just that's always about even, even out here you know like there was times it was like Jesus is a bit mad I live in the desert and I'm going down fighting some lunatic that was fighting in glory kickboxing but I was like you know what if you want to do it like uh, me and my best friend saying like if you want it you got it like so you ask for it so don't be complaining now yeah, you know? true, true. No, I, just th- I just think it's amazing that what, yeah. you're, what you're doing like and the fact you have you know, you have the degrees in the back pocket if something mm. ever did go wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, like, with that mind, I, I didn't just kind of... I'm doing sports and exercise management is what my master's was in UCD. So, like, um, 
after fighting and during fighting like I'd love to be a, a promoter as well of fighters I want to be a manager so like that would be uh, after fighting that I'll walk into then with the Masters that's class yeah, no, that's, yeah that, that's on, I think that's amazing um, fight yeah. promotion and all that um, obviously Eddie Hearn the, the, you know and all that in, in boxing but uh, yeah that's very interesting it's you definitely have your uh, your head uh, screwed on, innit? <laughs> well, for now, anyway, the way to think about it is like uh, my entire focus now is being in the UFC, getting into the top ten, and then going from there. You know what I mean? Yep. But there's never a time in your life that you're going to have so much PR. You know what I mean? Like, so you can you look at fighters; they build huge brands out of this sport, like, and you have to be an adult, like, and think about that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, like, people who pay thousands to be put on a UFC screen. Not to mind they're they're gonna pay me to be on the UFC screen eventually, you know what I mean? So that's gonna build my own brand, you know. Yeah. So and that's something I like to get insight into is that, you know, we, we we've been in contact a lot over the last couple of months and you're very humble, very down to earth. I think some guys you chat to they don't even get back. Um, you know, it's great that no matter who you are you do get back because you never know how paths might cross back the line because you know we're here now maybe eight months <laughs> down the line and we're chatting you never know yeah. what might happen after this like that's just Cork and Kerry Scott Kerry. Those lads yeah we have to look after ourselves <laughs> <laughs> we have to look after each other not many people out here from, from our neck of the woods that's for sure um, during Covid you know obviously before Covid everything was flying you were you know you were on the right trajectory bang Covid happened how did you deal with it from a mental perspective because obviously you had a goal to be at a certain point yeah we'll say earlier this year whatever the case may be how did COVID mess everything up and how did you adapt to that situation? Um, in a way, it was kind of good because when I had my second big set of exams for college that I was really pressured for, uh, the fight didn't happen because of COVID. Oh, so I was able to knock them out. Like, And then as soon as that is like, so the thing with MMA is like, man, there's there's so much things to learn here. You know what I mean? Like, and Paul was still, he's he, he was in my bubble. like, So he was able, in my house every day we were training. like, And the good thing, say when you're in fight camp, you don't like, your skills because like John, there you're you've eight weeks and you're like it's weight management, it's fitness, it's, it's picking specifics for your opponent to use a heavy left kick like that last lad like or something like that. But uh, when you're not in fight camp, that's when I always develop the most. So that's actually what when I train like hardest. You know what I mean? Because if I can't be kind of ease back, you can't be doing three sessions a day because you'd be injured. Maybe you know what I mean. But so I was doing loads of new submissions. I was doing like like I love throwing elbows. So I got a heavy bag and I was just doing all different types of elbow setups like. So there's, there's always something you can do you know what I mean and in relation to you know three times a day that's obviously you know you're a professional athlete that's that's normal but we say that I won't say it's normal but that's kind of the standard now yeah. but getting to that point you're obviously still training three times a day because you wanted to be professional how you know during that period your body must be extremely sore fatigue must have been kicking in days how did you like? How do you deal with that? Yeah, so three times a day would be more for everybody. It's twice a day, all the time though. Even at that, though, yeah, twice yeah, yeah, a day, yeah. So like, like I've I've been doing it since I was thirteen. Oh, you know what I mean? So like, and, like yeah. but it's useless. Yeah, so it? like, uh, I I've been tired since thirteen, like, and I'm still tired now. So you know. but, but I'm, I was trying to kind of you know get an insight that it didn't just happen overnight. You've been doing no. this from, from yeah. yeah I suppose Rowan was great for sure, man. Great for sure. training for it because like that, like it's a. Uh, it, like I, I've seen so much people through this sport that started here and you're like oh, I'll never be anything and they're, they're unreal and then vice versa I've seen so many like shooting stars that go down it's 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 not who's good it's who's left isn't it it's who's, so, who's the mental strength so let's keep going like, it, it, yeah. it's who's doing two times a year for 10 years yeah. do you know what I mean it's not the guy doing it for two years hired and, and he's sick of it then you know so just and yeah. it just yeah just about you know keeping going and being resilient um, mm. and like I suppose the, the, before I delve into now I'd like to kind of gain insight into 
when you're in Dubai, you know, you're supposed to go to Abu Dhabi, you ended up staying in Dubai. What was the first couple months like here training-wise? Because obviously restrictions were quite, I think they were quite severe at one stage. Or were you here when restrictions yeah, were too bad? Yeah, when I was here, they were easy, man. Yeah, it was yeah. just, just like normal life, you know. And would I mean? you build, like, do you go running along the marina, like, are you, is it more or less indoor all the time? I don't know, I, that's like probably the only thing I do outside is I do, like, by uh, running outside. And uh, on Thursday, our team go to Kite Beach. Yeah, we've such a good team now at the moment coming out of the MTK gym, like so we're we've like and they're really close. So like Milano our head coach brings us to Kite Beach and we do sprints there on Thursday. In the mornings or uh, at like six PM. Half six, yes. Oh, right, yeah. Six, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah, traffic must be bad around then. It's alright man, they move out of the way when you're bursting towards them <laughs> now, so Jeez, no, that's uh, I haven't been at Kite Beach now, but it's supposed to be amazing. It's some spot one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, even the mornings there I go for a run in the mornings and you there's more people out running now compared yeah. to what it was like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I went for the morning, like, was it one morning there around half five and I was like, fuck, she's actually quite cold. When I was here in July, it was like Billy Nomates, there was no one here walking around the marina. Literally Jeez. so quiet, like it's getting busy now again. You know, yeah, it's so. quite, yeah, it's very busy yeah. now at GL, especially up by Pier 7. Yeah. Um, how, right, I want to get insight into this because this happened, this, you know, this a lot of people are at, would be at this stage you're flying at the moment 4-0 before your last fight you're obviously 3-0 how do you keep the head screwed on like I said man I have lads coming for me every week here you know what I mean like like, uh, like so they were nice to me there two weeks before the spark but um, like now, now I'm back they're going to be coming for me so like like the way I think about it is and my coach Aaron used to always say this back home it's like the, the fight is the cherry on top that's when you get taught to show off to all your friends and family and stuff about how much you progressed and how good you are but every week I got like absolute killers in the gym and like even like like we, we talk a lot of shit in our gym joking with each other you know what I mean so it's like uh, I could get big headed but like Bruno Cavera there is going to kick me in the head and I won't be big headed no more you know what I mean so you think to, keep the, to, yeah. to keep your level for sure and as well like you know that that's another thing I love about Gart like like you know if I was getting all like that my friends back home would be the first ones to say yeah. it to me you know what I mean you know what you're saying yeah. Yeah. yeah there'd be none of that like like no. if, if I was giving it the big one like Man, I'd be sorry. I'd be sorry. <laughs> yeah. From you know, from chatting now, we're chatting the last twenty minutes or so, um and you know, I've been following for a while. A big thing is and I believe that your upbringing has been a big influence as to where you are today. Would I be right in saying that, as in that your coaches in Rowan For sure. Um obviously your body is, is you know, physically prepared, but mentally I think those younger years are very important in, in someone's life yeah for sure man for sure yeah and, and like that, that's what i saying like like rowing was like my entire life growing up you know what i mean just so mad because, well sport like you know what i mean and i always had guys saying like pushing mental strength and you have to do it yourself and it's on you so massively and then like my, my dad like even like he's so like uh like so you can do anything you know what i mean like even uh if uh, if i text my dad saying oh i'm nervous for this fight he'd be like what are you nervous for? He should be nervous, you know, so like I really supportive people always, you know, so. And again, I suppose that brings you around to, you know, the saying I love your, your network is your network. Like, yeah. you know, that's, someone told me that before and it's, it's definitely that, you know, surround yourself like-minded people and it does rise you, doesn't it? For sure. And even like, um, another good thing about like being in front court and being here now is like all my coaches have had like such a personal relationship with like, like they've been much more than coaches to me always, you know, so like Aaron back home is like, you know, maybe from like a boy to a man nearly, you know what I mean? And uh, like, there's no one else I'd love to have more than my corner. And um, he'll be in my corner again in the future. I know that I'm here, like Milano and Merv are my coaches. And like, you know, they like, uh, 
look after me so well and, and they're always on me to train harder and like do more like so uh, definitely definitely agree with that I don't think you're the type of person that I forget where you come from um, in regards <laughs> to you know when you you know whatever the next couple of months will bring I don't think you'll forget the coaches and, and people who are there just to stay one no man like, like my big, one of my biggest motivations I want to bring them all with me you know what I mean like, <laughs> like the, even like it, it's so cool like you get guys from Ireland coming over here a bit younger than me and then you can show them this like if they train hard they can do this like Paul Buckley like I was saying was over here and like he's going to bang out a few amateur fights he's one of the best in Ireland I think I think he is the best to be honest he's just has to show it now and then he'll come out here and he can do it like so create a little pathway for people because people from Cork like John you look at this and it looks like a pipe dream but like John we're just as good as any of these guys you know, 100%, so. 100% and you, you know I suppose you might feel that if you're not in the epicenter of Ireland in Dublin you know that you might have a chance but it's great to see people yeah you know, paving the path. Like I, yeah. I be similar mindset now yeah. as you. I never, I never lost anyone in uh, Ireland or Dublin, especially. You know, so. Jeez. Yeah. And can we, you know, when you're in, um, when you're doing the your your masters, you were in Dublin. Were you based in Dublin? Or were you in Dublin? Yeah, yeah. I was living in uh, Drumcondra. Oh, and did you train in SPG or? Yeah, so I was mostly in Dublin Combat Academy. Like that's the t-shirt there and oh, stuff. And yeah. then I was in uh, SPG as well, going to like Sergey's class. And then I did a bit of sparring up there. Like John was sound to me. He really looked after me in when I was up there. SPG Ireland. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Main yeah. Yeah, and uh, John was in SP. I was in. Um, oh, was it Nice Road? The Nice Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was class, yeah. but I had a great time there. It's amazing. Uh, I yeah. went there years ago just as an experienced training there it's just it's, cool, it's, really, it's amazing class. what really amazed me obviously I, I come from a GA background Gaelic football background that's all that we have in Kerry um, well where I'm from back in, in West Kerry but Jeez, you're a long the, way from a long home, way from home <laughs> yeah, a long way from home uh, but what really like what really opened my eyes it's probably the same in, in you know no matter what gym you go to is the respect of coaches to the children, to kids, to anyone. The mutual respect in, in mixed martial arts is, is amazing. Yeah. Is that the way in every gym or is it just... All the gyms yeah. I've been in anyway, like, and like, the coolest thing about this part is you see it absolutely transform kids, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. get kids that are absolute head cases and it straightens them up, gives them focus, man. Like, I was either on what I'd be doing if I wasn't fighting, like, you know it's what I mean? The, it's the respect and camaraderie. Yeah. Like, I know you For have sure. that in, in team environments, but I just think that it was something special that really opened my eyes when I saw that in, in SPG. It was, is amazing and it's uh definitely think it teaches you a lot doesn't it yeah, yeah. for sure man for sure yeah 100 percent. um look quick insight into your your rise in ireland um how long did it take you to smash through so we fairly quickly to be honest like like uh like i said i started late but i started hard as soon as i started you know so like uh like aaron was a fantastic coach so when we actually started in mccork cork like uh it was in bjj cork was the gym and we had this like blue crash mat and that's all we had was me Aaron McGuire his brother Jack McGuire and this Jack Monaghan and it was just the uh, four of us and like me and Jack became the UK and Irish number one just Ooh. quickly enough you know what I mean and we had no gym t-shirts nothing we literally like didn't, didn't have anything just Aaron coaches we didn't even know he was a good coach so we started smashing everyone you know what I mean like, so, uh, so um, Aaron wanted us both to be the UK and Irish number one before we went pro so we both did that like and then off we went you know? Is the two of you pro? Is yeah, Jack's pro as well. Jack's, Jack's very, very good. He's fighting on cage warriors now. You know, oh, really? yeah, he he just got injured there for the last year, but he he'd be back. Jeez, yeah. that's uh, that's amazing. No, I, I I wasn't aware of that. And yeah. how long did it take? About two or three years, was it? Um, I suppose maybe like four years. Four years. Five, five years max. But, like, it's absolutely nuts that you are where you are now, and it's not. St- it this only start. That's of, for sure. Another, you yeah, know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But to get where you are now. And you started 
call a spade a spade you start when you're 17 18, 18, 18 yeah. yeah that's a crazy transformation like yeah, transform, yeah. you know you transformed your whole career and whole mm. life to where you are now yeah hey, some, like did you think you were at a disadvantage I, no not really to be honest I thought I was at a massive advantage because I knew I could train harder than anyone and even now I know I can you know what I mean it sounds ridiculous but like oh yeah I kind of felt like, like these guys are training but I'm like especially when I was young fellas, like, I'm an elite athlete like you know what I mean like I know how to train better than any of them and it's just it's the same thing like I like with MMA jump boxing like you've come really grass level up because yeah. it's such a skill MMA like you can't be good at everything and there's always something you're better than some lad like even if you fought some unreal like Sani like you're, prob- you're probably better at boxing you know what I mean yeah. so you can always focus on some aspect of it you know so MMA I think more than any other sport is about how well you can balance your life respect to the rest of it you know you I, I mean, look from the outside looking in maybe advantage you have is that you know if you if you're if you come from for example a boxing background then you go into MMA uh, whatever the case may be uh, you know a certain form of it of mixed martial arts and then you you go into the overall umbrella of MMA you might be very fixated on that like jiu-jitsu you know that form whereas you you're open-minded to everything yeah I, I just genuinely do you know what I'm trying to say yeah for sure man for yeah. sure 100% and do you know what it is I, um, I, I actually I actually kind of love it all but mostly I just love to um I love to fight like even when I was a kid, like all the time as a teenager, even when I was running, I just love, love fighting, like, and I love getting in fights, like, you know, she, she, she and probably Tully himself, like, but the thing is, like, so in wrestling, you can have really hard kind of scraps off lads, it's really intense, boxing, same thing, I'd love, I'd love boxing fights as well, you know, yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, so what fights did you, so you'd, I know you would, um, jiu-jitsu, was it, or Muay Thai, was it? Yeah, so the 41 fights are made out of a, I don't get jiu-jitsu ones as actual fights like but I've ones with like referee a winner and a loser and a bit of a build up of mm-hmm. I have boxing fights, uh Thai boxing fights and MMA fights. Jeez, well, in Rwanda Ireland or uh so yeah, I fought I fought a few places. I fought in Thailand, I fought in Romania, I knocked out a good lad in Romania, I fought in uh over all a good bit over the UK. Um really? I fought in Abu Dhabi. Jeez. Probably a few places. And do you think that was important to open your mind to different things? Uh, in terms you, of different yeah, sports yeah different sports rather than not experiencing I suppose experiencing that gave you a bit for of, sure yeah. man because you want to get used to it all you know what I mean and like uh, it, it's funny like because people are calling me a grappler now because of my last two fights but when I was amateur people were saying all I was was a striker you know because I done striking as well you yeah. know so yeah, I heard uh, that you're like you know you're your striker, so it's if it's good keep keep your opponent on the like, I, like you could see it in, in my walking video for the last fight. Like I look at Milan on my coach, and I looked up at things that John was grappling, and I was laughing like because if you look at that fight, like that ladder was trying to take me down. That's what made me grapple, not because I didn't shoot. It was him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and right. Um, what's the goal? So twenty twenty one is is done for you. Whatever, right? Saying it's the yeah, yeah. For, well, just, just train hard and stuff like that, and build the fighting we have here. But fight wise, I'll, I'll fight early next year. Twenty twenty two. What's the plan? Just keep hammering, lads. You know, like I I love now to fight a UFC vet because I know I'm that level. Like, and if I like, so if you beat a few few UFC vets there and put me in, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that would be great. And um, but just just keep fighting, lads. Like like I said, I can only really focus on my next one. I know my next one's early next year. So right now I'm. Every day, twice a day, I'm watching my food, I'm eating well, I'm going to bed early, like, so, just, uh... Just focus on that. Focus on that. Yeah, so, would, obviously, you know, UFC is the goal of everyone, um, you know, of every every athlete that, that wants to get there, they focus on that, and they commit their life to it, uh, every MMA athlete. In an ideal world, where, when would you like to, to sign? 
in an ideal world, obviously, a lot of things must come into place. I understand that. Yeah, we'll just keep hammering the lads and come into place fairly rapid, won't it? Like, sure. for the yeah. next year or the year after, you know, whenever, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm the best management company in the world, so it's, like, I'm lucky I'm not my own management because I fight everyone, you know what I mean? But yeah. they're going to push me in when I'm ready, which is so important, obviously, yeah. you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. And it's, um, yeah, look, I suppose you can only control the controllables and that's just the yeah. next fight, yeah. the next, you know, camp. Um, soon though, you know, soon like I'm 26 now, just 26, I'll be there at all as 28, you know what I mean? So, for sure. And um, another Irish guy, Ian Gary, yeah, did yeah. very well, yeah. Jesus. Unreal to see, man. And Joe, there you go. You know, Ian's a year younger than I am. Just knock some lad out and is like, how good is that talking to Joe Rogan? So, like, we can do this stuff too. And we know we can because, like, the best lad in the world is my weight, like, you know what I mean? Connor, yeah. like, so, like, why can't then? Um, that's unreal to see. And then you're going to get, like, like, like Paul Hughes, Joe McCulligan, these guys get pushed in now next. So mm-hmm. it's unreal, man. And do you think you're at a disadvantage being over here? The best advantage in the world? Oh, is it? Like, like how, how many guys are my age doing what I'm doing in Dubai? I'm Irish, I'm, I'm working with this great company here. Like, this is the best spot ever for me, man. You know what I mean? You know, like, so yeah. And how important is, um, you know, look, not as you know, does every fighter at your stage have a management company, or you know, would some fighters just manage themselves until they get to UFC or, or Bellator? Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm really blessed to have such a good management company, but I, I worked hard to get it as well, you know what I mean? But I think it's a big advantage having one, even for like, like finances are important as a fighter, like, and then getting good sponsors, getting them to look after you is really important. But it's mad because remember, I was like saying that I set that goal that, um. Four years, I'm gonna like when I finish college, I'm gonna be a pro debut, and I do it the week after. Two years ago, to nearly the day, I wrote to MTK saying, uh, "In a year, I'm gonna be signed. I'm gonna be the UK and Irish amateur one. UK amateur one, and the year after that, you're gonna sign me." And they fucking did. You know what I mean? Jesus. And uh, it's mad. <laughs> I completely forgot about that message, and then I showed it to my manager when he signed me. Being like, "How crazy is that?" Whoa. Yeah, man. So like, is that an exclusive? Oh man, that actually is. <laughs> I oh, I think one he knows that, but I took the screenshot anyway. I haven't like. So Jesus. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything up there? Jesus, sir, Mystic Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, and uh, yeah. You know how did it? How did it come to fruition over here? Did you get introduced to MTK and and you know things obviously worked out and you signed with them? Yeah, pretty much. Um, how beneficial and how important is it for a fighter to have, you know, a man a high regard a management company? Oh, it's it's a massive advantage, obviously. So it's a massive. Advantage. And even for you, like, does it allow you access to? you know, nutritionists and um, like would you have a disposable people you could always chat to so, like, as a result? A lot of the guys I work with have been with me since like grassroots level. For example, my nutritionist, Yannick McGee, nutritionist, like by a country mile the best nutritionist in uh, Ireland and he was with me uh, before I got signed. He's with me since I was an amateur. But then like MTK got me like Coles food or like so they're like the best meal prep company in Dubai. They bring my food to my door every morning, you know what I mean? They give me loads of other things like athlete therapy where I work they give me like an ice bath oxygen chamber sauna mm. so I'm spoiled man if I can't get to the UC now I'm useless like, you know <laughs> yeah. I mean? like, so yeah it, it, yeah I know what you mean so it does give you it takes all those extra um, extra worries out of the, out of the way Massive. and it allows you focus yeah I know yeah. that that's amazing that's great to hear that you know it's giving you that that chance mm. um, you know I, what I always like to do earlier in the podcast but it just so happened we, we got to this stage is to to gain insight into the the guest which i think we have yeah. but um how do you think your experiences as a youth growing up in cork um doing the rowing 
go and train in high performance units, you know, with the Irish team. How did it shape you into the person you are today? I know we kind of covered that, but just kind of recap. How do you think it shaped you into where you are today and where you will be in? Yeah, it was everything. Like it was everything. Like even like you know, all like and all the good and the bad, all the bad stuff that might have happened when I was growing up is just added the fuel to the fire for all this. You know what I mean? And then all the good stuff obviously helped make all it made me headstrong. You know what I mean? So if, if there's one thing I was, it's headstrong in a way. Like so. And what? has been the most challenging form of mixed martial arts for you over the last like to, to adopt to initially what was the most challenging form out of each mixed martial art yeah um initially it was actually the wrestling was the one i was always find the hardest and now, now i'm a grappler apparently like so now it's sand again but uh just just getting used to that like but i like such a good wrestling coach so yeah that's that probably wrestling and like I know we, we covered a huge amount in it now and I just, you know, I, I, I like to... Actually, you know what it is? It's cutting weight, man. That's it, because I've such a sweet tooth. More so than anyone I've ever met, I think. Like, that's the one bit I fall down on, like, because I'll train hard all year round, you know, I won't go sessions or anything, but it's the food, man. I'd literally, like, like if you let me at that fridge, you, it's disgusting how much I There's nothing in it, it's so grand. Oh, <laughs> find something, make something. <laughs> like, yeah, how, that's why I, I like to, you know, gain insight into how... Like how do you keep so? I know you 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 know you you can be extremely strict and X Y and Z, but how I suppose the MTK help you there because they have the food prep and you have no they're excuse. They're not always watching either. Like, I know, you know but they, they, they're giving you the, the opportunity. You have no excuse. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. all there for you. Yeah. Um, when you do fall down, everyone's human. How do you get yourself back up again? Would you just keep running until until it's all fall down? Like eat a lot of bad food. Yeah. Oh Jesus, keep feeling guilty and just. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, it's all right. Like I'll be looking at the scales, me like I'm gonna have to lose it somehow, like because it's gonna have to come off again. So. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's it like weight cutting? What's that experience? Well, disaster, man. Yeah, I, I've challenged a few boxers now, and, and like, I, I have like such good nutritionists, like so it's me making it hard for me. Like Yannick makes as easy as could be, but like, like I'm a big seventy kg. To fight a 70 like yeah. it's, it's not what I walk around like would you, would you walk around much heavier yeah that? yeah oh, much heavier like yeah, Jeez. yeah. Jeez. Jeez. So, <laughs> so the lead up to fights can be ah, it's alright like I get through the same thing like no point feeling sorry for myself just have to do it like so just have to do it. and what's yeah. what's it like you know what's it like the week leading up to the fight from a training point of view and you obviously you're cutting weight the sentiment I actually don't really mind the the fight week really like it's a bit of a buzz like everyone's like you know, I've such a good support back home so everyone car gets behind the loads you know what I mean like everyone's messaging you it's a buzz you know you're getting in a getting in a scrap like so it's uh, besides the day before when I have to weigh in like that's a trek but like the rest it's good man it's fun I think that day before the weigh in is, is probably the worst for a lot of fighters by, by a mile like yeah. I fight every week yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's a trek it's uh well yeah tell me about that song that you use for your walkout was your last fight to fight oh, for Megan Ali McGuire yeah yeah, yeah. So unreal song unreal, unreal man yeah. yeah she sang herself she's super oh, yeah. talented she's from Cork like so uh, yeah. I don't see YouTube mate we pumped you it's man, yeah it gets yeah. you going it's my coach's sister All right. yeah yeah she's really talented like so uh, it's class yeah yeah is that something is that something you stick with her yeah yeah it will do yeah like for the last one there was the copyright issues because it was on UFC Fight Pass or something like that so I couldn't play it like but uh, for the next one for sure yeah. Perfect, and hopefully we'll hear a, a Cork woman singing in Madison Square sure, Garden I mean, down the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, look, tell us about. You know, obviously look if you if you look through your social media, um, grapple with, with Conor McGregor, 
mountain man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about tell me about McGregor first of all. How did it come come about? How was it like? Uh, so he was just coming out here, and uh, I was out here as well, and like. My style is aggressive, like I go forward, like, and you know, fear of me, like, I'll, I'll come at you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, and I knew John, like I said, he was a legend to me when I was in Dublin and stuff, and I'm all the time, to be honest. Yeah. Since, I, since I started, he's, he's been such a nice guy to me. So, um, uh, he just got on to my manager, Carl Keller, who they have a really good relationship. He's Carl Keller, the CEO of MTK MMA, and uh, they just organised it. And it was mm-hmm. unreal experience, like, like he, he was a top man. Were you, you know, naturally, he's an icon. Um, you know, for a generation there and a lot of people went down the route of mixed martial arts because of McGregor yeah. being realistic about it and being honest about it and look, you'd see that photo of, of Ian shared over social media the yeah. last couple of weeks. Were you ever kind of like, geez, what am I doing inside here? You know, grappling with him. You know, was it a pinch me moment or what was that and moment like? No, no pinch me moments for Dublin, like, no. not hammering like, you know. I know, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, was it like, especially uh, when you put an icon of yours, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, no, more so after, you know what I mean? Like, like initially when I was doing it, I was task focused because you, you, like, you, you wouldn't want to be pinch yourself too much while some lads trying to hit you with a heavy left hand leg, so uh, I just got into it, it was good, I enjoyed it. Like, like I, like I said, I love fighting, so we were giving it some, like, it, it was fun, like, and then afterwards, Jesus was actually like, Talk shit like that to McGregor was a bit mad after. What did you learn from that? Actually, so much because, like, the biggest thing is, like, like you were saying earlier, like, Joe and I fight, like, like I've, I've my heart on my sleeve, you know what I mean? But I know I can, uh, as I progress, like, I can be more clever, like, and like, uh, that, that's one thing my coaches say, they're like, use your brain, like, because, you know, if you're gonna hit me, it's just war straight away, you know what I mean? So, uh, the biggest thing about him is like he was so like always looking what I was doing, making reads, making reads, mm-hmm. as opposed to like I was just trying to like be like kill him, kill him, kill him. You know what I mean? So he was just so uh, relaxed and constantly thinking, which is something like sometimes in fights I would almost stop thinking. Like I just really, he's composed, so just like, pressure, pressure, pressure. You know, but he was he was more clever than that. Like so, your main takeaway would be kind of be a bit more composed. Yeah, a bit more composed, and clever. Like you could you could see the experience. Like you know what I mean? You could see it when you were sparring. Just sometimes you, you spar someone with that much experience and uh, you can see it's a bit different, like you know, they're very, very relaxed, like you know what I mean. So especially he's you know, fought in massive events, yeah, like you know Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it must have been an amazing experience. what was it like the post post sparring experience? Was it just Good sound that sound like yeah. I was telling us fighting this like like real well rated kickboxer and stuff and we we're talking about that and Good man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you cross paths with him? Was it last week? Is it or the week before he was around? No, I was in I was in Germany. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, so yeah. Like, and, uh, I don't know if he would have gotten on to me anyway. Like, but maybe if if he if he wants to spare. Yeah, no, it's Money over road. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a call out. Yeah. Um, Mountain man. Yeah, Tom's a legend, absolute legend. Uh, so how many times did you run under run between his legs? I was actually thinking about that a few <laughs> times, man. And like Thor was the one. Remember I was telling you, you, you get on for it when you're fighting. You don't think about him. But there was one time I was looking at him across the ring, and I was like. <laughs> ridiculous because I like Game of Thrones I saw him burst from a man's head like but it was good it was good uh, he's such a nice guy he brought me for food and everything like because uh, he was thankful that I was sparring him hard and stuff like so it was good man and like were you like were you was it stand up or was it like was just it, boxing he's pro boxing now so all boxing yeah 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 he must have been hard especially when he's so big like he's definitely way taller than you like oh yeah he's like 7 foot or something isn't he like 255 kg you were probably hitting him like, did it even feel it like? Uh, oh, you'd be feeling all right, no? No, he was sound on. He like what was cool about Thor is like he was another example of saying with the rowing because he was quite raw when I first fired him, and then because like what was it like only six months later because you know he's an athlete like he knows how to train hard he was completely different the next time he sparred him. Yeah, he shed he, a lot of weight, didn't he? Yeah, yeah but but his boxing skills and everything like you could tell he like he 
when he's training his work ethic is unreal he'd be in the gym all day you know what I mean and like he was much much better Jeez. yeah it's uh that's amazing though. And what was he like after like what were you chatting away to him having no, the like, I was like he was in MTK gym every day so I saw him nearly every day and he was a top man had so much time for him now like honestly he was such a nice guy uh, I learned loads off me, he gave me loads of good advice and I trained hard everything like and what other guys would you know would have crossed paths with over here today Um. There's guys floating through all the time, like you got like the odd UFC lad came in, or you, you get like guys from one championship come in and stuff like that. So you get a high standard all the time. Yeah, I know it's it's, it's definitely the epicenter of where things are. And it is, it's man. You know what I mean? Different from Cork and West Kerry. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, it is. Yeah, uh, West Kerry kind of outside the door to read it. Yeah. Um, I've asked a few of the MMA guys and a few boxers uh, who I've had on um, this question. I just find it interesting, but I think this probably comes to experience. Right, you're sparring a guy, helpful letter. Um, one of the guys gives you a bad, bad dig. How, how do you not leave that filter out past the the doors of the gym? Oh, d- ah, well, like you know, you're um, you get to hit him back, like. <laughs> it's yeah, but you know, it, it never get out of control because sometimes you might have a guy that might come in and you know, obviously there's increased testosterone inside. Yeah, 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 spars escalate, like, but in the spar, but, like, you've, like, I think, I think especially, what, like, I train just with a pro team, like, so they get the thing, it's, it's only real immature and childish if you're actually holding animosity to them after, like, mm. and they're, like, like, some of my best friends hit me the hardest in the gym, you know what I mean, because, like, and they're doing, it, they're doing it from a good place, really, they're trying to help me, you know what I mean, so, uh, no, it never really happens that after I'd be, um, thick with them, like, while mixed martial arts is very much, um, you know, an individual's individual sport, it is quite a team sport as well as we covered throughout the, the podcast. How important is it for you to have a good team around you? Obviously, a management team, but the wider, the wider yet smaller team. How important is it for a fighter? I, for for me, it's everything. Like I said, like my team back home was like incredibly personable. Like, and uh, my team here is big, but like you know, they're all they're all brothers. Like, and the the good thing about this sport is like. It bonds you together really closely, really quickly because, like, you know, we're, we're all big, strong men, but we're, like, we're going through such a serious thing together. Like, so there was in June, all of us nearly fought. So we all shared that experience of cutting the weight together. Everyone, like, put the pressure on everyone, you know what I mean? So uh, it bonds you really quick this part, you know what I mean? What would be the dream for you? Would it be a dream to have a big title fight in, in Cor- Parky Quiver? Parky Quiver, you know that look like? I, I don't know, would we, would we be able for that? Like, but you know, just uh, for me anyway, like, like I don't live in Cork at the moment, but I know I'm doing a lot there at the moment, like with like what I'm doing now. So uh, it does it doesn't have to be in Parky Quiver necessarily. I think that'd be a disaster for the for, for the Black Rock community. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, but uh, just just like obviously UFC in Ireland, that'd be my biggest my biggest dream at the moment. No. Um, how do you go about picking your team? Uh, you know, we say obviously you you've MTK and you've your trainers, but then you might have other guys in the you know periphery of your team that be there for support. How do you pick those guys? Um, if you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they just kind of come into the gym and then, and the ones that are good fit for the, like the like eat awesome atmosphere for the gym stay. You know what I mean? So like like my head coach Milano, like he he controls who's in and around our circle, especially so he controls who spares me. And stuff like that, and then um, other guys coming in, you know. So a, a lot of this stuff, like good lads looking after me, and they decide who's kind of coming into my life, you know. I believe your father was into boxing, was it? Yeah, yeah, my uncle boxing, so did my granddad. So, so yeah, it doesn't fall too far from the nah, trees. Nah, yeah. Almost that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you think that? Do you think that's why you probably like fighting from young age? Uh, 
John, he, he didn't really push boxing on me too much in fairness to him. Like, like my granddad loved it. We were always talking about it. But uh, I nearly feel like, as, as like cliche it sounds, I nearly feel like I was always supposed to go this way. You know what I mean? I was just always loved. Like, even as much just fighting, like, just love to fight, like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, so, Doug, it's, it's, uh, uh, before I, I finish up, I'd like to get an insight into, you know, to lead up to fight week, which we already covered, but how, how you know, how do you leave negativity and stuff, even post-fight, not affect you on social media? You know, always, there's always this one person that might say something wrong. How do you not leave social media affecting a bad way rather than having a... Positive same thing then it's like I know it's something like I'm harping on about it's just my network like like thing with this sport is you get a lot of uh, fair weather fans and stuff like that mm-hmm. so like all the time I get all these guys running all this mad shit to me like good, good stuff mo- mostly positive stuff but loads of negative stuff so I can't give a shit like you know what I mean I was just a bouncer for years you know what I'm saying but I care then read a lot if like say like Aaron said something like serious to me then I take it very much on board but like for most stuff I don't care if I don't know you or like care about what you're saying you know and would you would you, still, would you be good friends with some top guys in Ireland like we say Ian Gary and you know all those lads that would have been well I, I know them all you know what yeah. I mean and like I, I think um, I was gone really well with all the guys in Ireland then like sure Craig, Ol- Craig Oakley's the creme de la creme and like I, I consider him a, a close friend you know what I mean so uh, yeah all of them was a trend then like Guys like John Byrne, he was like a top ranked amateur. We both were when I was uh, coming up. So Sam Slater, close to all these guys still, you know. What's the, what's the most important thing for you now? Uh, just keep just keep uh, doing what I'm doing. Just keep get working away, working hard. Is leaving a legacy important for you? It's probably not right to ask you that at this stage, but no, know. it is a course, man. It is a course, like 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 uh, that's a huge motivating thing. Like I'm going to be the first lad from Cork in the UFC, and I know that. You know what I mean? So uh, that's a legacy there. And and then some after that, you know, so. And if I had to put a time frame on it, when do you... For the UFC or like yeah. next year or the year after? Just, yeah. Perfect, you've heard it here now. Yeah, <laughs> you exclusive, yeah. This is, I ask everyone this, um, and I've got crazy answers. What are two daily non-negotiables for you? Um, so like, for example, one guy taught me, yeah, she was in the Olympics <laughs> this, last year for Ireland. Um, he just without realizing he puts on the left sock, then left shoe, right sock. You know, right shoe. What what are things that yeah. you know two non negotiables that you do without even realizing it? Jeez, I'd be lucky to be on matching socks, man. I wish I, I wish I, I should have thought about this for a gamer. Like, I'll just go training in the morning, make sure I get back there in the evening. That's it, like. You know what I mean? like, would you chat to your parents every day, like something like that? There's something non-negotiable that you do without realizing it. No. <laughs> oh, I should have something more interesting, but no. No, no, just no. Get no. training twice and give it some. You know what I mean? This is fine. <laughs> Perfect. No, I mean, like you have to get X amount of sleep every, every no, night. No, no, I'll do nothing. No matter yeah. to me. <laughs> no, I think I think you're holding something back yeah, there, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, something yeah, we yeah. can cover some, some other time. Um, enough exclusive. Then, yeah, yeah enough exclusive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, look, that's uh, that's enough. I think. Look, I think we covered a huge amount. Um, I think we get a we get a good good insight into you. Obviously, not giving too much away because you, you don't know what the next couple of months will yeah. will entail. Um, but I think it does give people an insight into who you are and what makes you tick um, and what the future holds. And look, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for coming yep. on Inside View Podcast. Thanks so much. Best look going forward. I'm sure we'll uh, might have episode two or some stage. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. And after the next lad, now so yeah. <laughs> definitely. Thanks very much, John. I hope you all enjoyed the interview John, I think we get a great insight into his career and into his mindset and plans for the future. That is all from us on this week's podcast, please do follow us on our social media channels, 
over on facebook it's on the ball team building over on instagram it's at underscore on the ball team building over on twitter it's at we're on the ball two that's a digit two we're also on linkedin on the ball team building we're also on tiktok on the ball team building thank you all for tuning in have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week we have another exciting guest till then stay safe and remember create on talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening